Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. All right, welcome to Bet the Edge. I'm Jay Croucher here as always with Drew Dinsick. Good to see you, Drew. Today we're going to talk... Stock up, stock down after week 11. We're going to talk about uh, Battle Royale in the NFC South, Saints at Falcons, and then close out with uh, what I think is a pretty compelling market, Defensive Player of the Year, where I think there is one clear bet there, and we'll finish with that. But let's start with stock up after week 11, Drew, and that is the Baltimore Ravens, who uh, took a hit themselves with Mark Andrews obviously going down, but... They get that crucial win against the Bengals. Now they're in the driver's seat for the AFC North. Sneaky thing is they benefit from the Steelers beating the Browns because Baltimore's tiebreak situation against Cleveland is much more favorable than it was against Pittsburgh. We've already beaten them. Uh, so what is your outlook on the Ravens going forward without Andrews? Yeah, I mean, I think this is uh, very likely a top two seed uh, in the AFC. I think the you know you look at what they've accomplished to this point in the season, and the fact that their defense is healthy and uh, you know is playing at a level that is going to keep them in every single possible game. That definitely helps ameliorate some of the issues about the offense losing Mark Andrews. And in fact, losing Mark Andrews might, in the long run, be a fine thing because they are trying to find new ways to. Uh, you know, to be effective offensively. And Mark Andrews was such a safety blanket for Lamar Jackson. It's possible that they weren't getting to some of the stuff they wanted to do offensively. Uh, and, you know, this is a very, very, very weak position, you know, opinion, I guess, because Mark Andrews is obviously an incredibly valuable position once we get to the playoff time. But, um, you know, I think it could open up some opportunity for the offense to continue to improve. The offensive line uh, should be healthy when you get to playoff time. And, you know, there's a snapshot where if you just look at future strength of the schedule, uh, it doesn't look especially great uh, because everybody they're playing has a pulse. Uh, they don't have any true pushovers left. Um, that said, uh, they're going to be favored in a lot of these games. Uh, their road games against uh, Jacksonville, San Francisco, Week 15 and 16 are especially interesting because if they can split those 1-1, uh, then this team is going to probably finish with uh, you know 13 wins, which is pretty amazing. Uh, and I think you have to absolutely uh, consider this uh, Ravens team uh, you know, and how they'll start matching up against some of the elite 
teams in the AFC who we're not going to see them play down the home stretch outside of the home game where they host the Miami Dolphins. Um, and uh, that is actually going to be a super fun game. So um, I'm not sure if I would uh, put them ahead of the Chiefs in terms of likely getting the one seat at this point, just because the Chiefs have uh, do have a couple of pushovers on their schedule. And, uh, you know, they have Patrick Mahomes, who we think will continue to improve as we get it down the home stretch of the season here. So, um, you know, I think uh, they're probably fighting for a two or a three seed between uh, uh, them and the Dolphins and really that uh, that week uh, 16 game or excuse me, week 17 game looms large to decide that. Yeah, they have a brutal schedule the rest of the way. There are no layups, as you mentioned, but at the same time, they're going to be favored in every game outside of at San Francisco in week 16. They'll be favorites at Jacksonville, uh, I imagine, the week before that there. I mean, it's a strange team at the moment where Lamar, uh, certainly his PFF grade speaks to an incredible season. His efficiency stats aren't as great just because he takes so many sacks and fumbles the ball, uh, which is going to hurt them even more without the blanket of Mark Andrews. The other sneaky thing with the Ravens is that we think of their defense as being all world. I'd say if you ask most people, they would say they have the second best defense in the NFL after the Browns. And it is an excellent defense, clearly, but quietly they're below average now against the run. Uh, And Joe Mixon was able to put in work against them in that Thursday night game. Uh, And Jerome Ford uh, was able to go for 100-plus yards on 17 carries on the ground. And then also Deshaun Watson did, with a fractured shoulder and a high ankle sprain, did complete 14 of 14 passes against the Ravens in the second half. So I think that there's going to be a lot on Lamar's shoulders. I'm not really sure there's any way to bet this team at the moment, (laughs) just given their position and everything around them. I believe that the Chiefs are likely to have the tiebreak against the Ravens for the one seed. And also the fact that Joe Burrow went down actually helps the Chiefs, I think, as much as it helps the Ravens, just because uh, the Chiefs play the Bengals uh, in the penultimate week of the season, I believe, and the Ravens don't get to play the Bengals again. So that is key for the one seed. Uh, Another team that's uh, that's not going to be in the mix of the one seed is the New York Jets, uh, who, as we are recording now on Monday afternoon, they've just benched Zach Wilson for Tim Boyle. uh, And accordingly... The market has responded by pushing the Dolphins from seven and a half point favorites to nine and a half point favorites. Do you think that's a fair movement? Uh, I do. <clears throat> I was early Dolphins money in this market, regardless, just because the state of the offense for the Jets is not not solid right now. They lose Mackay Becton, uh, another offensive lineman, goes out of the game, and it looks like he has a high ankle sprain, which means him being available on Black Friday is not very likely. And uh, yeah, Tim Boyle now behind that offensive line, Black Friday indeed. Um, this is uh, not a good draw. Uh, you're getting an improving Miami Dolphins defense. You're getting uh, one of the fastest units on offense against a, a defense that is looks like they're running out of a little bit of gas. The effort tanks are a little low uh, for the Jets, and I'm not sure the insertion of Tim Boyle gets those guys fired up to come out and give you a full hard perform. So, um, yeah, a lot of warning signs that the Jets are already about ready to quit here and uh, kind of intrigued. I, you know, I mean, I'm following the Jets situation very, very closely. I have uh, a pretty decent-sized stake on Jets to be the fewest points scored this season. And while not exactly how you draw it up that Aaron Rodgers goes down in week one, uh, it is very, very live right now. Um, Jets, Patriots, and Giants are going to be kind of neck and neck down the home stretch here. And for that, I say thank you to putting Tim Boyle uh, under center because uh, I don't think these Jets are getting out of single digits this week. 
No, I think as well, there is a pretty good chance that Trevor Simeon is the best quarterback on the roster at the moment, which is kind of terrifying to say out loud, but it is what it is. I do think as well, the Jets completely capitulating has ripple effects for other teams that are coming up on their schedule. Great news for Miami because this looked like it might be a difficult-ish game and now it should be a layup and the Dolphins play the Jets twice uh, in the next month. Houston plays the Jets, so that helps for the AFC South. Cleveland plays the Jets as well later in the season uh, and that will help them on their way too. So the only interesting thing to me about the Jets from a betting perspective was whether Aaron Rodgers was actually going to come back and I was always skeptical that that was ever going to happen, even with the reporting, that it was very uh, astute uh, a move by Aaron to declare that he would come back in week 16 if they're in playoff contention right before they go and face uh, Josh Allen and then Tyreek Hill uh, in the space of a week. So they'll probably be four and seven and he'll have an out not to come back. Uh, and I think that all this does is further solidify DeMar Hamlin uh, for comeback player of the year, particularly after Josh Dobbs uh, was a little exposed on Sunday Night Football. And now I don't think Rodgers is coming back either. And I think those are the only two guys who really had a ceiling to uh, to take the award away from Hamlin. I don't think they would have anyway. But now I think Hamlin is a uh, deep red odds. All right. Before we get to Saints-Falcons, uh, your final helping of NFL football on Thanksgiving night, Drew, is a battle of <laughs> NFC West foes as Brock Purdy and the 49ers travel to Seattle to face the Seahawks. Plus, the holiday weekend wraps up on Sunday night in a star-studded matchup when Lamar Jackson and the Ravens face Justin Herbert and the Chargers <laughs> in Los Angeles. Good time to uh, get Brandon Staley, who is up. Uh, uh, looks like a broken umbrella in uh, these press conferences at the moment. <laughs> Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big juicy investment. Mm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. A couple of other broken umbrellas, the New Orleans Saints and the Atlanta Falcons. The Saints are one-point favorites on the road in Atlanta. The total is 42 and a half. Do you have any play on this game? Uh, I would look for Saints here, but I need to get some information on uh, Derek Carr injury, certainly. Um, you know, there was, I you know, I came out of the game uh, against, uh, you know, last time out, and it was pretty clear that there are some things about the Jameis Winston experience that makes this offense more exciting. Um, but overall, uh, you know, this is game where you want a healthy car involved here and uh, i don't have a good read on the situation yet with cars availability but uh, i would expect that um 
you know, a week of the offense kind of looking at who they are and what they want to be and self-evaluating should help the Saints more so than the Falcons. Falcons uh, bringing Des- Desmond Ritter back, that's confirmed. Um, however, he's operating still at a level that uh, is pretty replacement level across, uh, you know, NFL quarterbacks as far as production goes. Um, and I think you're running up against the Saints defense that uh, is going to be at relative full strength outside of, I don't know about Marshawn Lattimore. Are we expecting he's probably not going to play here, but does that matter? Drake London and Desmond Ritter are really just not a ton of chemistry so far this season. So um, Paulson Adebo can do a nice job, I think, of taking Drake London out of the game in the absence of Lattimore, uh, which should give the opportunity for the Saints defense to flex a little bit here. Um, I think the total at 42.5 looks a little bit high to me. I would expect this probably closes around 41. Um, and if we get word that uh, Derek Carr is in, that makes the under an even stronger play because he is a lower variance quarterback than Jameis Winston by an order of magnitude. Um, so less likelihood that you're going to get some pick sixes and some short fields and some uh, more likelihood that it's just going to be a, you know kind of a slog of a game. So Saints, I think, uh, are the play here, but uh, I'd like a little bit more information on uh, the health of this squad. Yep, agree. And I think Lattimore going down will hurt them overall, obviously, but it's not going to hurt them as much against the Falcons team um, that is allergic to passing and allergic to passing well. I think Ritter coming in for Heineke is a good move in the abstract just because there's no chance that Taylor Heineke is good, basically, and there is some small chance that Desmond Ritter is good and he adds a rushing element as well. Uh, but the Saints have a pretty rock-solid run defense, so I don't think this is a great matchup for Atlanta. Futures-wise, I don't think there's really any way to bet these teams, particularly with the car uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Minus 135 from <laughs> the NFC South is right about where I've got the number for the Saints, uh, and then the Falcons, uh, I can't get involved or anything or anywhere close at plus 210 to win their division. I think they are probably the third uh, team in that division. Uh, I think Tampa Bay might have them covered there as well. Mm. All right, before we get to Defensive Player of the Year, a reminder that Saturday, November 25th at 11 a.m. Eastern, Vaughn Dalzell, Brad Thomas, and Eric Froton are answering your college football betting questions for Week 13, including one with major playoff implications when Marvin Harrison Jr. and Ohio State travel to Ann Arbor to face Michigan in a battle of unbeatens. So hoping this game might have a bit more Heisman juice, but Bo Nix and Jaden Daniels keep on throwing for 8,000 yards a game. Uh, still holding out a hope that if Marv goes off uh, and takes down Michigan by himself, he can get back involved in that. But it looks like it's probably going to be one of the quarterbacks. Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm. That's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Let's talk Defensive Player of the Year. Miles Garrett is the favorite at plus 120. 
after two sacks and the win yesterday. Micah Parsons, I think, separated himself from TJ Watt a bit yesterday with his two and a half sacks, monster performance against the Panthers. And then Watt is plus 275. And to me, that's basically where the list ends at this point. Uh, Do you have any interest in any long shot or what do you make of this market? I am pretty much giving up hope on the Roquan Smith train. Um, you brought it up with the kind of some of the questions and some of the cracks in the Ravens defense. Those to me look like people are figuring out ways to scheme away from Roquan Smith and towards Patrick Queen. <laughs> the quality difference between those two players is pretty enormous. Uh, and if that's sort of becoming a, a factor, then you know Smith's ability to continue to rack up tackles and run away with the tackle title. I mean, he, he's not even at the top of the list right now. Zero Alec. You know, Zaire Franklin's having a, an amazing year for the Colts. And, uh, you know, I think uh, Oluokan for the uh, Jags is in the mix as well. So, you know, I think uh, this is now, uh, I correctly, you correctly framed it as a two and a half horse race between Miles um, Garrett in the lead, My, Micah Parsons chasing, and uh, TJ Watt now is a distant third. Um, part of my TJ Watt coolness is I have a very tough time seeing the Steelers kind of getting to uh, the level of quality as a defense that warrants consideration for a defensive player of the year award as a team uh, and, uh, you know, really getting to uh, a win threshold where they're securely even in the conversation for any awards. Um, And I think that's, you know, it's more so than any type of production questions. I think just the slippage of uh, Pittsburgh's defense overall is, is a bigger deal. Um, Once miss, you know, once Minka Fitzpatrick is back and, uh, you know, as as they uh, kind of figure out their linebacking situation, it's possible that the Steelers return to top five defense. But uh, you know, their their schedule is not uh, especially outstanding. So we'll see. Um, the other side of the coin of Miles Garrett, I do worry a little bit that Cleveland's going to be able to sustain winning seven and three. Obviously, is a pretty impressive start for this unit, and it is fueled almost entirely by how well their defense is playing. Their defense, for what it's worth, has been phenomenally impressive at home and less impressive on the road. Uh, and that said, uh, if they lose a couple of these games coming up at Denver, at LA, uh, at Houston Week 16, uh, you know those are going to have some impacts on the Browns in terms of reaching the playoffs. And I think they absolutely have to get to the playoffs for uh, Garrett to retain kind of this lead. Um, and... That's all that is said while completely recognizing that he's going to have more opportunity for counting stats than Parsons just because the way that Parsons is deployed. Um, but uh, Parsons is going to be in some higher profile games. What's your read? Yeah, I think Garrett is the bet here. I think this should be red odds. I think that despite the yeah. fact that Cleveland, uh, that they there is a chance they fall apart a little bit because I don't think DTR uh, is the answer. But at the same time, even given that, if you think of the Browns as about a a neutral team now uh, in terms of where they stack up against the rest of the league. I've still got the minus 500 to make the playoffs. And I think that making the playoffs uh, is going to be what Garrett needs to satisfy that threshold. Think back to when TJ Watt won Defensive Player of the Year. That team was garbage and they snuck into the playoffs in the last week. But because of uh, the hype around Watt and because of his sack numbers, he ran away with it uh, in the end. And just thinking about it like this, like Miles Garrett is at 13 sacks through 10 games. He has seven games remaining, and the schedule for the Browns is very favorable. He's got games coming up uh, against the Bears, 
against the Jets. Uh, who knows who they're going to start at quarterback? They have a game against Jake Browning. Like, I think that he's only going to need... If you told me that Garrett gets three wins out of these last seven games, I think he's close to home for Defensive Player of the Year because when you compare him to Parsons... Parsons has got Dak Prescott and C.D. Lamb on the other side. And right now, Miles Garrett. I mean, Miles Garrett has had DTR and P.J. Walker on the other side for much of the season. <laughs> but I think it's the identity of his team, particularly with Prescott and Lamb playing so well. I think Garrett ticks that box. He's also just th- he's three sacks clear of Micah Parsons, and that's a material advantage yeah. uh, with seven games left. I think they are neck and neck on sacks. I think the Parsons will lose. And the other thing too with Parsons is that so when you look at Dallas's schedule to close, four of their last five games, Philadelphia at Buffalo at Miami versus Detroit. You know who doesn't take sacks almost ever? Josh Allen, Jared Goff, and Tua Tagovailoa. And he's got to play all three of those guys. Those are the three, basically the three least sack quarterbacks in the league uh, outside of Patrick Mahomes. So I think that's difficult for him going up against those offensive lines while Miles Garrett is going up against the New York Jets offensive line. So I think a lot of things point to Garrett. I think he he should be pretty deep red odds at the moment. So you're telling me for my Parsons hopes, I need uh, six sacks against Sam Howell on Thanksgiving? Um, Because like... <laughs> so this is the other thing. Like, I, I, other than what rewatching, I, I probably watched my last Browns game of the year. Sure, I, I, no, I'll watch the playoff game if they go to the playoffs. But uh, I'm not going to be tuning in for any of these regular season games because it's just not an easy watch. Um, I do think there is a potential that uh, if DTR is turnover happy, particularly on some of these road games, that puts the defense in a tough spot. Uh, if their you know backs against the wall and they're not winning the ter- the uh, field position battle like they did yesterday, that's going to be a huge issue. I also think uh, the fact that people are going to have eyes on the Cowboys. I'm watch every single one of those Cowboys games you mentioned. <laughs> they're all that 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 all of those are must you know appointment viewing uh, pretty much from here to the end of the season. So um, if Parsons does kind of finish well, even though your points are very valid <laughs> i think you know he's going to be front of mind for a lot of folks while garrett's gonna have to you're gonna have to remember last time you watched a browns game as you're filling out your ballot at the end of january or middle of january yeah i think the key thing is just he's got the sack lead at the moment he's the front runner at the moment and he's got this i think to sean going down kind of raise the ceiling of his case where now if they yeah. just make the playoffs that is sufficient for garrett and i agree that parsons he'll have more press and everything but the thing with the NFL is like everyone knows everything that's happening. Like this guy, if Miles Garrett has three sacks in a game, uh, a random game against Houston, like everyone's going to know about it. Like everyone knows. Like yes, his banner game so far this season was against the Indianapolis Colts. Like who cares about Colts Browns with PJ Walker at quarterback against Gardner Minshew? But he took over Twitter for you know, he blocked the field goal and got the strip sack in the end zone, led to a touchdown. So I think Garrett. So long as he stays in front of Parsons or his neck and neck, I think that he will he will ultimately win. And I think plus 120 is uh, is very good value. But I agree. I think this is edging now towards a two-horse race with Watt uh, as the smoky. But Watt is a, a fair way back at this point, I think, given the perception of his defense uh, as a team. Okay. All right. We are done. Don't forget to check out NBCSports.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks to those watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. If you're listening in podcast form, don't forget to rate and subscribe. And a reminder to find all your favorite NBC Sports shows on Amazon Music. Just head to Amazon.com slash NBC Sports. From Jay Croucher and Drew Dinsick, we'll see you tomorrow. 
building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.